It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. He was the unforgettable strongman who captained the greatest club. John Sattler was chaired from the grand final arena four times as a winner. People say to me, what's the most magnificent feeling in your life in rugby league? And they said, when you played for Australia, and I must say it was marvellous being chosen to play for Australia, but that very first one in 67, the feeling that we got after that game, can't explain it. He, he, he is South Sydney, he means everything. And you know, he, he was our, our leader, our hero, and the legend, you know, and he, he will never ever be forgotten. Always find the word tough. Often it's the toughest gets used, the toughest player to play this great game. All the thousands of players that have played it. Sattler gets mentioned in that context. This man, this imposing force on the rugby league field and the absolute gentleman off it. Well, he was the toughest man on the field when, whenever he played. Uh, and he was also a very great leader uh, as captain. And he, when he played big games, it was, uh, it was great to have John Sattler leading you out. Scouts were looking good, leading 12 points to 6 at half-time. But there was plenty of concern in the South dressing room over Sattler's smashed jaw. His long-time compatriot up front, John O'Neill. I said to him, I said, uh, what's wrong? And this part of his jaw was dropped, and these teeth level at the bottom of these teeth were split through the middle and split up here. And I said, oh, gee whiz, mate. I said, you broke your jaw, you better get off the field. He said, no, I'll be right. I said, no, come and get off. I said, you've got a broken jaw. I said, it's smashed. Anyway, he, he, uh, he stayed on, you couldn't get him off, and at half time I thought, oh, well, there's no one way we can keep him down. That was a brilliant effort, it was a great effort, it was just a just sheer uh, uh, toughness and guts. Another major triumph for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and for master coach Clive Churchill. And what a courageous performance by John Sattler, one that will never be erased in the minds of all ardent South followers. Yeah, absolutely, uh, the tributes have not stopped flowing. Uh, it has been uh, so, so busy with respect for the great man, Gentleman John. And uh, the very first thing I did this week, when it got back to work, and um, I went up to uh, Jeremy, who sort of puts to together the content, runs the show, and I said, Jeremy, what are we going to do with Sats away? He said, mate, Sats is going to be, Sats wants to get on with things, and uh, he's here to celebrate his dad, uh, Scotty Sattler, Gentleman John Domeni. Dad to you. Mm. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Shug. Good, Shug. And uh, an AP and Alex Cecil and listeners. Yeah, it's been a uh, tough, exhausting, yeah. emotional week. Um, and I said to you guys when I came in, when I'm around people, I'm I'm pretty good because you're I'm, making me cry. Yeah, mm -hmm. telling yeah. stories about yeah. him, and it's it's good. It's it's cathartic to yeah. be quite honest. And yeah, you know, I, I went on. Did our show Sports Day for a segment on Tuesday night, and I did that for a reason. I just wanted to start talking about him. Wanted to, I got sick of crying yeah. for twenty four hours, um, and so I wanted to start talking about him and, and telling stories. and And it has been an exhausting week. And I, I did say to Jeremy when he said, "I oh, listen, you know, see you next week. Don't worry about you know, do it whenever you got to do it." And I said, "No, no, I'll be down this Saturday. I want to do a few hours just to to talk about him when we have to tell some funny stories." Yeah. When I'm by myself, it's it's really emotional. Coming down to the plane when you don't know anyone, you're just sort of sitting amongst strangers. It was it's quite surreal. But um, 
South Sydney, Mark Ellison has been amazing. Blake Solly and Jace Demetrio. They've asked myself and the family to go to the game tonight against Manly and um, just to celebrate Dad's life. And yeah, it's it's. I'm sort of glad that he's that he's at peace because he we we lost him when it came to how animated and how physical he was in his life probably about three or four years ago. Mm. Um, didn't lose him when it came to his awareness of his family that until probably the weekend just gone when he passed on the Monday. So, um, so but I, I, I didn't like looking the way he was. No. He was humiliated for a man that was so beautifully and impeccably dressed every time you saw him. And yeah, he would have been, he would have been appalled with the way that, that he was you yeah. know, sitting in an aged care facility and, and yeah, not, not the same person. So I'm sort of in a way glad that he's at peace. Um, and now we can start when you talk to people in the street and they say, how's your dad going? Yeah, oh, he's not great. He's got dementia and you know, what, what, you know, what, it, whatever it may be. But now when they say, listen, sorry to hear about your dad. Oh, I remember I met him one day Yeah, and he can start talking about the good times. And there's, there's been a lot of really good stories this week. Things that I, that I learned about him that I didn't know. Uh, photos that I've seen of him that I thought I'd seen every photo of my dad's career. Um, so, uh, it's been a really tough week, mate, but, um, all your support guys has been much appreciated and the listeners as well have sent some, some great messages as well. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a big week. Uh, the funeral's next Friday on the Gold Coast, which is an open funeral. Yep. Um, and, and so it's, so it's, I think it's going to be a pretty big turnout to be quite honest. Oh. So, but it's, it's, it's really good talking about him and hearing those, you know, those, those, those great tributes throughout the week and the tribute that, that Alex just played then it's, um, you know, the, the great thing about it is that I loved him as a dad. I had, I had a great relationship with my dad. Yeah. We had a really good father son relationship, but the amount of people that have, that have said to me, Oh, you remember I stopped your dad one day. He was in the airport and he was in a rush, but he stopped, he took a photo. He asked me about myself. He, um, you know, he signed my, my son on my daughter's shirt or Jersey mm. and, mm. He's just such a wonderful man. Yeah, and he, he did. He touched so many people off the field. He was he was such a gentleman off the field. He's such a so chivalrous and yeah, yeah a tremendous guy. I, I said this on air sats, but I haven't said it to you personally. And the reverence that I have for you, and and I've got a great relationship with my dad as well. And I should say that, uh, love him dearly. Uh, but I just would see how you would speak about your dad, and clearly, if a kid's speaking about their dad so lavish, it's coming back the other way. And I know it's very sad that you've lost him, but you're so lucky to have had him, you know, in that relationship for such a long time. And, and to be honest with you, mate, I, I, as a mate, that's all a parent and a dad can ask for is if we can achieve something similar to what mm. your old man and the connection that you had. And, you know, so, so well done on what you had with your dad. It's very, very sad what you've lost. And it's just amazing that the scale of this whole thing, you know, I know you're living up on the Gold Coast, but the Sydney papers, and this is where we bring in Adrian Prezenko, who has the news background, you know, front and back pages dominating. Yep. And, and and this is not a bloke who retired yesterday. Yeah. This is a bloke who's been out of the game in all sincerity a long, long time. Yeah. But still it's garnered such a massive tsunami of support from the fans. And, and I'll tell you this, Sats, I'm sure you've you've had a lot of personal messages. I'm sure you've read a lot of the articles and watched many of the news stories. But I'm down there in, in Carring Bar, which your dad was never playing for the Sharks. And 
the opposing team's parents are having a conversation and they're saying, oh, sad news about John Sattler this week. They're not even speaking to me knowing that we would have some connection there. On their own accord, days later at a local suburban footy ground, so the many, many conversations that you're, you've got no idea about, you know, like all the scale of the press and but the many, many conversations out there celebrating your great dad. Um, Adrian Brzezinko, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, and that's our, our condolences. And look, it's it's been a wonderful celebration, and it's incredible the outpouring of love. And like this, you know, the the grand final that everyone talks about has happened before I was born, and yet everyone knows about it. And it t- speaks to just the, the history of the game and how it's celebrated. And it's like the the old gladiators photo. No, most of us weren't alive when that yeah. happened. Like a lot of us weren't alive when. When, when, you know, your dad was doing those incredible things on and off the field. And it's interesting too, in that you talked about him being a gentleman and chivalrous and all that. And it's that sort of dual persona, isn't it? In that he could cross the line and be the hardest man on the field. And when he, when he was off it, he'd be, he'd be talking to grandmothers. He'd, he'd have a drink with anyone, you know, anyone. He talked to everyone. He'd always sign autographs and have time for everyone. It's just incredible that you've got those two aspects of his personality that, that come together so beautifully. Yeah, Bobby McCarthy explains it the best. He always used to say, he play, he looked like the choir boy, but he played like the devil. <laughs> and he said, I would see this guy who was our amazing leader, amazing yeah. captain, he, and he protected his teammates. If anyone did anything to his halfback or his hooker, especially Elwin Walters, who was his favourite, one of his favourite teammates, he said, um, he said, if anything did anyone attend his place, he always did everything he could to get the other person back and he said I'd seen him do some terrible things to players on fields and then he said then all of a sudden after the game after he'd taken his mouth guard out of his mouth and the switch had turned back to the other side he'd be in the he had a beautiful singing voice my dad yeah he'd be in this shower singing the, whatever the songs were around at that time and we'd walk out of Redfern Oval and I'd see him helping an old lady across Chalmers Street into the Leagues Club he said it was he said I just thought I don't know this guy's tough crazy or mad, then I just realised it was all three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to show you something. I'm not being rude on the phone, but I want to show you something. And, and of course, our man Adrian Prezenko is from the Sydney Morning Herald. But something that I found, you know, really, really nice uh, came in the Daily Telegraph through Boo Bailey, right? And he posted this picture and it, there's almost no reference to your dad. But it's this picture here of a rabbit with a tear in its oh, eye. Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you not well, seen that? No. I'll send it to you. Oh, thank it, you. It, it's a, it's a rabbit with a tear in its eye, and we all just know what it means. Mm, you know, yeah. like it just – it was very, very powerful, Boo Bailey. Well, well done to you. Um, I, I will send that to you, Sats. But anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. if you want to have your say. Ozito powering our show today, powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings and before you dig. Don't get blind search before you dig online every time. But – some of the, the um, conversations, I know you can't stay across it all. You know, Tugger Coleman and, you know, geez, he was very, very good early in the week and Vossi and Ronnie Coote and it, it's just been, ah, oh, you must be so proud, Sats. Yeah, across, you know, the thing that's really amazed me is that the current players who sometimes we're very critical of don't understand the history of the game. Mm. And there's been some current players like Dale Finucane, who I've never met Dale mm. and I've always had great admiration for. Uh, Cooper Cronk, who, you know, I know Cooper. Dale Finucane. And I got on really well with Coop. And Coop Coop was one of the first people to text me. They're a class act, isn't it? That's classy. Both Melbourne players too. Yeah. But, you know, Dale Finucane just reached out on Instagram and said, Dale, no, Dad said, Sats, I'd 
didn't know, I don't really know you and I only got, got to meet you once, your dad once very vaguely when I was a young fellow yeah. at the Bulldogs. He said, but I just, just wanted to say, no matter how heartfelt I am. And Cooper's text message was amazing. Um, you know, current coaches like Anthony Seabold and Craig Fitzgibbon, Madge, who he just loved. He idol- he loved yeah, Madge. did he? Loves Madge and the Burgess boys. Yeah, those Burgess boys, they come from a tough town in Yorkshire, you know, and um, just, you know, all reaching out, just, uh, you know, Ivan Cleary. It just, it's, it's amazed me how much from the different generations that, that, um, that know about his exploits. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It, it's been great. You know, like I said, I learned a lot of things about my dad. My dad played a lot of tour matches on the 67 Kangaroo Tour, but he's, I only learned today that his first test for Australia, he captained Australia. Yeah. So on debut, he captained Australia. <laughs> yeah, I thought, what? And then I learned the other day, I learned yesterday that he was on Janali train, the train station one day, and he'd noticed a, a suitcase just sitting on the platform. And he walked out of the platform and then saw a guy laying on the on the tracks. And he jumped down and picked the guy up and put him up onto the platform and jump back up on the platform. And the witnesses said it would have been, wouldn't have been any longer than 20 or 30 seconds later, mm-hmm. a train come flying through the station. I, I never knew this about. So somebody about passed out on the tracks. Yeah, someone fainted yeah. and passed out and fell onto the tracks. I, I never knew these things about him. But um, he, I tell you, at 80 years of age, he lived a really colourful life mm. outside of rugby league. Didn't start playing rugby league until he was 16. And it was only by coincidence and chance that he, what started. was he doing up until that point, sport-wise? Nothing. Really? My dad was a real horseman. He used to ride trotters. Yeah, right. And in, in his teenage years in, in, in and around the, the Hunter Valley, and then his legs and ass got too big, and mm-hmm. he was too heavy. And so uh, his best mate, Alan Williams, was riding past on his bike one day, and dad was always on his horse down the main street of Curry Curry, and his, yeah. little, his little blue catalogue patch used to always be following along it. He was 15 at 16 at this stage, and... His mate, Alan Williams, said to him, listen, we've got some guys that are out at the moment. Do you want to come down and just play a game of touch? He goes, oh, yeah. So he just rode his horse. And he, <laughs> as, you, as you do. Yeah. And he, they take Lexuses and things now, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And, he, yeah. yeah. and he, he roped his horse up to the fence and went out and threw this pigskin around. And, and he played that week, two weeks later, with Curry Curry under 16s. Yeah, well. And I think they went through and won the comp. And then three years later, he's playing against the the great touring great British side, which you know, wow. Vince Corrales and Billy Boston and these guys yeah, and he man. got me out of the match at lock. And he nearly became a bulldog, but South Sydney turned up on his doorstep hmm. New Year's Day nineteen sixty three. Did they? And he's still in bed from going to a, a dance. <laughs> <laughs> and um Would have just, been well dressed. Yeah. And he just yeah. started seeing my mum. Yeah, right. And um and he saw he signed with South, yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing that you talk about like he's he was small enough to diminutive enough mm. to be riding horses. Yeah, people talk about how much of a hard man he was, but he wasn't in terms of stature. He wasn't a big butt. He wasn't like a bit like a Brad Thorne or a Petro Sivanasiva. Like he like I always said to him, how much yeah. how much did you weigh, Dave, when yeah. you played? And he never understood kilos. It was all stone. Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, whatever stone, whatever. I said, what's that in kilos? He goes, I don't know. So I'd get on <laughs> calculator, I'd divide it by six point five. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played at about ninety seven kilos, ninety six kilos. Yeah. As a front rower, he originally was a lock, and turned went went up to the front row. He's because Bobby McCarthy and Ron Coote and Gary Stevens are all coming through, mm-hmm. and um, and I said, who was the heaviest in your team? He said, oh, Bobby McCarthy was the heaviest, bigger than Lurch. He said, O'Neill. He said Bobby Mack was probably about a hundred and three kilos, mm-hmm. but he ran like a winger. 
Wow. Mm. Everyone talks about, and, and rightly so, because it's unbelievable, the St. George Dragons run of 11 straight premierships. Mm. But what is often missed, it was flanked by four or five years either side of South Sydney winning premierships, yeah. which is your dad was part of one of those Jack uh, dynasties. Jack Rayner yeah. Purcell and Clive Churchill before that. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, oh, mate, it's blown up and, and so it should. And I hope it, the family's all going okay, mate. I know you had to deliver the news to your sister, Lisa, over there in, She's uh, in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. Um, but the, the support, mate, has not stopped. And as I said, everyone just wants to talk about the great late uh, Johnny Sattler, Gentleman John, and of course... Well, actually, interested in your thoughts that this would happen before a Manly South game. I know. I, I was raised as a child to hate Manly. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, you know, like he, the reason why he didn't like Manly is because won the 70 grand final. Uh, John Bucknell, he said it was a cheap shot. And I said, hang on a sec, Dad. You gave out plenty of cheap shots yeah. yourself. He said, <laughs> yeah, shot. I know, I know. But at least I was looking at him in the eye. You know, oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. There's, always a, there's always an asterisk, isn't oh, there? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but because of Manly and... He didn't like Manly also because they stole Lurch and Brannigan. And, yep. and um, so when I was in 1998, when I was at the Gold Coast Chargers, I, was, I, I went down and looked at Penrith. Does, remember June 30 was still the time? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it was July 2nd or something, I flew down to Penrith and had a look at Penrith. And, and Dad said to me, oh, who's, who's interested? I said, well, the South, Manly and Penrith. I said, I'm not going to go to South. That's your jersey number 13 because oh, I played in it. I said, I'm never going to tarnish that, so I need to leave that to you. Yeah. He said, so it looks like it's Penrith, is it? I said, well, I haven't been to see Manly yet. He said, if you go and play for Manly, I'll never watch you play another game of rugby league. Wow. So <laughs> it made the call pretty easy. Did, did they ever smooth it out with John Bucknell? John Bucknell ended up joining a like a monastery. like a It became a Buddhist or something. Wow. Yeah, in, in later, later in, in after his footy career. And, yeah. I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever came face to face. There would have never been any problems yeah. because, like I said, my dad served out plenty than he got. Yeah. Uh, that he got as well, and and he was always you know some of the great stories he used to always tell is that they play against the Dragons and him and Chang uh, Langlands, who he said was the greatest player he's ever seen, still to the day that he died, and he said the closest thing to Chang was Billy Slater. Wow. And um and Chuck Raper, they were all really good mates. And he said. He said it would just be a normal Sunday playing at the showground or, you know, the SFS when basically we would just go hammer and tong and then we'd all meet up after the game and go to Chinese together. Mm. You know, so everyone was fine back then. They still are today. There are that small percentage that obviously hold a grudge. But in saying that, he yeah, they all still got on really well together. It didn't matter what happened on the field. You know, he... Sorry, Shug. No, I was going to say, I, I hope tonight you get the chance. Me, me hairs on my legs and arms are standing up. They're going to be wearing this tribute jersey mm. with the half rabbit, which is – and often my hairs stand up on my arms when I'm telling a story that means <laughs> a lot to me, but now it's standing up on my legs. Yep. I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope you get a chance to chat to Cameron Murray's and all that with that number 13 jersey and that half rabbit. Mate, I, he's the captain of the team. It's a – can you just imagine how powerful that moment will be for Cameron Murray yeah. getting to put that jersey on? Oh. You know, Cameron Murray got named captain of South at 24, mm. jersey number 13. Uh, Dad got named captain at the age of 24, jersey number 13. Wow. Um, the half rabbit comes from 1970. He was very superstitious, my dad. Never let anyone touch his boots or, or um, clean his boots. And he always packed his own bag before a game. Always had a steak on the morning of the game because mm. his father-in-law worked at the abattoirs. And 
And um, he was probably ahead of his time there. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like a lot of people were having the passes and that down the track, which he was doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And um, and the jersey, the half the rabbit got ripped off earlier on in the season. And they, the club said, oh, well, listen, we'll take that. Because you used to wash your own jerseys back then. Right. You used to take all your stuff, yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. home and wash it. The old Ber- Bobby McCarthy tells a story when Bernie Purcell's mum used to put his jersey out in Redfern. All the kids used to sit underneath the clothesline and watch it dry in Redfern. Well, yeah. And no, um, no one would dare take it either, would they? No. <laughs> yeah. So um, they said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that, that rabbit fixed. And so when he broke, when they went through to the grand final, 1970, he broke his jaw. And they had a spare jersey as well, and they ripped half the rabbit off that. Did they? Just in case he had to use it. Wow. So um, the one that he broke his jaw in, in in 70, he didn't break his jaw. He had three fractures, like yeah. one under the underneath the the um, the earlobe and then two straight down either point of your jaw. Clean break straight through the middle of the teeth. And, um, and all the blood and everything all over it. And that's where the half rabbit comes from because – he was superstitious. He didn't want anyone to touch his jersey. Wow. Mm. wow. Uh, the tributes keep coming through too. Uh, Sats, good afternoon, fellas. Good to hear your voice, Sats. Uh, looking forward to when you're back on Sports Day. Uh, Maddie isn't handling the last laugh too well, <laughs> says Steve from Dubbo. Steve's always into me about my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, Worm, Sugar and AP. Why, why Worm, by the way? When I was at the, when I was at the CIA Gold Coast Chargers, whenever there was something on, Whatever it may be, I'd always worm my way into it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, Brendan, Brendan Hurst and um, Jamie Goddard gave me the nickname Worm. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, he's got a couple here. Says uh, Rooster Mungrel. He said, "Boys, I'm keen on Melbourne Race Four, Number Two, the Bopper. I like that as well, Rooster Mungrel. And uh, he likes Race Seven in Melbourne, Number Eighteen, Campion Essa. Get on and fill your pockets. Kindest regards. Uh, we might take a quick call. And there's a stack coming through as well. Uh, on the open line, big hugs to you, hugs to you, Sats from Brad the Owl, the great Brad, Brad the Owl. Let's go to the open line. Let's go to Marrickville where Michael's been waiting. G'day, Mick. G'day, boys. How are you, Sats? Hey, Mick. God bless your dad, mate. God bless your dad, brother. Um, mate, as great as a man as he was and a father, I just wanted to say to you, mate, you're you're a great son. Just listening to all those stories, it's what every father. Wants from their child, mate, and I'm sure you did him proud in so many ways, mate. I just wanted to share that with you, buddy. God bless, mate. Thank you, champion. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Um, nah, well yeah. said. Well said, Michael. Um, in fact, you know what? Couldn't have said it better. Let's take a break. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time on your Saturday. You make the show, remember, and uh, so many texts and calls coming through, which we do appreciate. This This is Crunch Time. Adrian Prezenko, Scotty Sattler, I'm Joel Kane, and the maestro driving the bus here. He was captain, and when he was captain, but even when he was captain, he used to get sent off. And then I remember a few times. I think he held the record for most send-offs. Right. I think Noel Kelly might have been up near him, but Noel Kelly, Noel Kelly said that he got sent off more for scrum infringements than you know punching or fighting or whatever. And so that's more or less held the record for the for the for the, for the fair and stuff. And um, I, many a time, he, he when he got sent off, he'd look back at me and just say, "Macca." When he's walking off the field and he gets sent off, he says, um, "You take over. You make sure you get us home." You know. Uh, Bob McCarthy there with Jimmy Smith. He mentioned uh, Noel Ned Kelly, not, not too dissimilar to your old man, Sats, where he was um, kindest, most pleasant fellow off the field. Yeah. But on the field, just went berserker. And and uh, there's a famous story with Noel Ned Kelly where he's playing in a test match, and he did get sent off, basically the first shot of the game. And meanwhile, and you can understand this thief. 
And he's thinking, as soon as the players had left and everyone, all the eyes are on this test match against Great Britain, the Thief thought it'd be a good idea to go into the shed and start pinching some stuff. Well, he hadn't planned on Noel Ned Kelly getting sent off after a minute. So <laughs> Noel found himself in his second fight uh, <laughs> within two minutes of being sent off at the first time. So um, and dusted him up, of course, famous story. But Jesus, some tough old great fellas back in the day. My dad and Ned got roomed together in the 67 kangaroo to a four and a bit months. So they left the week after the grand final, which the Bunnies won against the, the, the Bulldogs in 67. And they didn't come back till like the first week of February. My sister was born December 27. Yeah. And so but they didn't see her until she was five or six weeks old. I think five weeks old or something. Anyway, when they were coming back on the plane, Ned was getting towards the end of his career. And he said to dad, and they'd got, they became big best mates. And Ned said to dad, listen, Sats, you know, you're the young bloke. You're the, yeah, you're the one that's going to take over the mantle. And he said, so let's call a truce. When we play against each other, no king hitting, no yeah. cheap shots. Dad said, mate, Ned, no dramas. I respect you so much. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So they shook on it. Anyway, round three, I think it was 1968. Dad used to go love going down short sides with um, – Blindside short sides with Ron Coote. Yeah. And one of the grand finals, actually, he puts Cootie away for a beautiful 71 grand final, beautiful try in the 71 grand final. And he used to love going down the short sides. And anyway, he went down the short sides and, and he gave the ball to, to Cootie. And then one, two seconds later, Wooshka, he ended up on his back and he yeah. looked up and Ned run away just sniggering at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he went memory bank. So Ned runs his ball up. Passes the ball one, two, and dad hit him with a forearm <laughs> and knocked him on his back. And as he's as he's jogging away, he all he heard was Ned saying, Sats, what about the truce? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the old man goes, Ned, stuff the effing truce. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Uh, yes, keep them coming through. Some wonderful the game has lost some big, big names in recent years. And 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 we should pay tribute also to um, not a big name, of course, and of course the family would recognise that. But Western Suburbs, uh, Kyle White. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, very sad passing this week. Uh, tough early front 50s, row. tough front row, brother of Josh White. Yep. Josh posted on social media. I mean, in your 50s, mm. way too young. Uh, very, very sad. Yeah, it yeah. was sad. I saw Passed that. Passed away in his sleep. And, yep. uh Josh mentioned on social media, you know, he's good to see he's at peace now. And he had some battles uh, after the game, but had a great career, as did Josh. So, uh, thoughts and prayers also yeah, absolutely. Um, go out to the White family as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. You can text 0457 736 736 736. Let's lighten things up a little bit now, shall we? Let's get into last night, the Battle of Brisbane, or as some people were saying, the Bennett Bowl. Let's have a listen. Reese Walsh, Herbie Farnworth, out to Jesse Arthurs for the corner. Jesse Arthurs opens the score. Ezra Mann, Reese Walsh, oh, what a ball! What a ball to Selwyn Cobbo! That was magical for Reese Walsh, and Cobbo's in the corner. Now running towards the line is Jared Wallace! There it is, the Dolphins are on the board! Listen to the crowd! Milford finds the goal there, he goes a hammer! Hammer so Tabo Fido! Fullback there in front. Adam Reynolds drifting. There's a chance. Kirk Capewell breaks free. He's looking for support. No, he's not. He's going to the corner and he'll get there. 
Milton with a grubber kick. Katani Stakes has got it. Here goes Katani. Beats one. Up towards the 30. Stags. He's over the halfway. Gilbert's chasing. But Katani Stags is going to seal it for the Broncos. I found it remarkable, gentlemen, where, you know, so many great NRL teams go there. And this brand new kid has contributed to a sellout at Suncorp Stadium. You heard the roar. That was Channel 9 and Peter Basoldis. It was just amazing, wasn't it? It's it's remarkable that we had the grand final replay between Parramatta and mm. Penrith on Thursday night, and that was overshadowed. 16,000 people. By two teams up in Brisbane. 16,000 people. But even the build-up. Sugar, like it was, you know, everyone was talking about what's Wayne Bennett and Brisbane and the Dolphins and the Thursday night game was an absolute ripper, but it, it almost got lost in the ether, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. And it was high quality as well, mm. wasn't it? Hot, yeah. I, I've got to be honest, with without Kalfusi and without young Katoa, I, I thought that the the Broncos may have won it comfortably, mm. just losing that class, but just just Wayne. He yeah, just he just knows how to just get a side prepared psychologically for battle. They had no right to be in that game. No. They, they had Sean O'Sullivan with the pick, Cody Nikarima, uh, Kafusi's not there, you mentioned. Um, they've got other guys that weren't available as well. Uh, Herman Essiesi and Edric Lee. Tessie New was playing on one leg for most of the game. Remarkable that they were, they were leading the game up yep. until mm. just the final moments. You know what? The more and more I think about it, we just overcook things. Like Jack Gibson, he used to say kick the seagulls <laughs> and, and winning all those premierships. Wayne Bennett, in that documentary about the Dolphins, he talks about, you know, his priority is just having players super fit, mm. you know. And a lot of tries when you really break it down, it's quite sort of ricochet rabbit or something's yeah. going on. and it's no real set play, is it? No real set mm. play. So if he just sits back and he seems to just trust – He's assistant coaches. He's great at outsourcing where other coaches can be a control freak. We've got to get to this player and we're doing this and we're overcooking the game plan. And mm. he just wants to have them in their best condition. And if they do that, they've got many tickets in the barrel. Mm. For me, the Broncos look far superior the whole match. But you looked in the scoreboard. At one point, they were behind the Broncos. Hamiso Tabuai for Dolphin, he, he, <laughs> he scores another one. Yep. Right. And, boys, I'll give you some context about this career, which is Wayne Bennett. He's coached in five decades. We know the many, many premierships he's won. Do you know what the population was in Australia when he took the reins for the Broncos? It's now 26 million. What was the population when he started with the Brisbane Broncos? I'm going to go 16 million. 16 million. Really? 16 million. So they've added 10, and that is 200 sold-out Suncorp stadiums that Australia has grown by. (laughs) 200 sold-out Suncorp stadiums. It's amazing what he's achieving. Um, his first ever year with the Broncos, they ran seventh. Yep. And who's to say they won't copy that? Well, you talked about their fitness. One of the first signings that he made, and everyone's talking about, we've got to get a Munster or a, you know, some sort of big name, Jeremy Hickmans. Like that he's worked with many, many times before. Strength and conditioning guru. Because I was watching them last night, and when it got to that stage, and I've always, always gauge a player on the 65th minute. That's when... Ooh. The lactic hits your legs and whether you're willing to, to go to the next level from a, an enthusiasm and an, an energy point of view. I watched the Dolphins. They were getting better. They were getting quicker. They were getting, and I actually said to myself last night, I, I, I 
for the life of me, I don't know who their conditioner is, and it's Jeremy Hickman, is it? Yep. Yeah, yep. okay, so they've, makes sense. Well, he, he's worked with him many times before, and and that's a great documentary. I've, I'm late to the party. I've only just started it's watching terrific, isn't it? Dawn Scan. of the Dolphins, and it's. He said, "I just, I just want him to be in the best physical condition you can. We're going to put a lot of work into him, which is really hard to do given." They came together late, and it's a World Cup year, so they've got to have their mandated, yep. you know, six, seven, eight weeks off, depending on on their experience. But he's he's got them firing, hasn't he? He's mm. got them in really good condition. Some of the real legacy coaches that you think of, like Jack Gibson, Wayne Bennett, Bill Belichick, uh, even racing uh, as far as a coach. I'm talking about a trainer, Bart Cummings. He had to get the ten thousand meters into their legs, ten thousand, and it's just simple, isn't it? It's just those one percenters. And sometimes I think some coaches confuse themselves with all the busyness, but really it's just the one percenters. Mm. And even Parramatta, their win against Penrith, which we'll get to a little bit later on, it's the first time I've seen Parramatta disciplined where they just, the whole game committed to kicking it to Taruva. The very first yes. set after after half time, they cr- kicked it across to uh, Brian Tottle. Yep. And I, th- I said to Noddy in the call, I said, Noddy, I don't reckon I'll be happy with that. They've stayed in the blinking competition, the yes. staring competition the whole time. They've gone to Toto, and for the rest of the second half, it was just Taruva. I, in fact, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen, been at a game in person, to see a bloke have so many kick receptions mm. than Sunia Taruva had on Thursday night. So, so, Sugar, this was torture for me. A couple of days ago, the boss said, yeah, Brad Arthur's made the decision not to watch the grand final replay. He goes... You're watching it. I want you to sit there for 80 minutes and to write a story about what Brad Arthur should oh, be wow. taken away from this game oh, really? if he didn't. So their tactic in that grand final was to kick to Brian Toe almost exclusively because they thought that takes him out of that second carry yes. where, where he's so effective. So they kept kicking it to him and kicking it to him. By half time, he'd run for 177 metres. Like he tore them apart. And obviously Dylan Edwards was the best player on the field. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, it was 100%. Not, he was not far away. I totally agree with that. And, and with Taylor and May out, and, and obviously they'd learnt their lesson the hard way in the biggest game ever, Not do not kick it to Brian Tate. So they kept, kept kicking it to the other wing. And and he, to his credit, he, he took everything. He how, swallowed how many, it up. Honestly, he, he must have got a dozen or 15. But he, they just kept going. He didn't going. spill his lollies once. Not once. To, to his credit. But it's still a more effective play for Parramatta than kicking it to the other side mm. or kicking it down Dylan Edwards' yeah. throat. That's yep. for sure. Yep, because sometimes they couldn't even get, like, because it's so far in the corner and those orange boots of Toto kept mm. coming. He ran more metres trying to get to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't he? He, and, kept, kept the he ball just away couldn't from get him. in there. Yep. So you, you can bet your bottom dollar, whoever's playing Penrith this week, yep. Sunia Taruva is going to make 15 catches again. And early on in that game, especially the first half, though, but the, using the short kicking game, short kicking game, short kicking game. Then all of a sudden, for some reason, it was in the second half, I think, they started trying to lob one over. When in the end goal, seven tackle set, they went away from what had been working for them, yeah. how they kept building pressure. And then what Paramount always do, they break the cycle for some reason. Yeah. But fortunate enough for them, they just had the, they had the nerve. Again, in regular season, they're very good against Penrith mm. in regular season. They had the nerve in that golden point to – Stay composed. But they, they completed 42 of 44 sets. That's 95% and almost got beat. Yeah. Like the, the, they basically played almost the perfect game and Penrith was, you know, within a bee's, you know, what oh. of, of taking it off them. Mm. Have you say, uh, it's your show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy here on Crunch Time. Text 0457736736. Now, Toro, help us celebrate our best tacklers. Uh, Toro, count on Toro to get the job done. I'll mention a couple. 
Ray Stone to have the audacity, the temerity, the gall <laughs> to be tackling a player over the touchline. But prior to that, did you see? Mike Mark, Nichols. Yeah. Yes. Hand of God. Yeah, yes. just a little mm. subtle little pushing it out of, was it Selwyn Cobbo? Selwyn Cobbo was in Sel- the air. Yeah. Mm. For Toro. That, that was getting the job done. And, and you can count on Toro to get the job done as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our top tackler for Toro. Count on it. A break a bit with more. Now Hosking. Zach Hosking the mule. The junior mule. He goes under the post. Here we go, Cleary. He goes for the two-point field goal. Nathan Cleary, he's latched onto it. Cleary, Cleary, he has kicked one of the most remarkable two-point field goals. Here's Moses now set for the kick. This is the last for Parramatta. They're 15 metres out, ball goes back, Mitch Moses. Mitch Moses kicks it. Million dollar Moses. There's a million reasons why they've backed him in. I've got to say, boys, uh, he has been questioned for taking the moment. And watching that live, he composed himself. Oh. I've never seen him so relaxed. If you get to see the replay, yep. he knew he had to do it. He'd signed the big contract and he was so relaxed. And watching him, you just knew he would kick it. The kick from Cleary was so clutch. How often do you see in sports somebody come up with a clutch, clutch moment like Cleary not only, and lose the game? Not only was it clutch moment, but when he had, they got the penalty and he, he had to kick out, he deliberately kicked it to around the 40-metre yeah. mark because he needed to position himself. When he caught the ball, he had to step off his left and he has Regan Campbell-Gillard bearing down on him. And to be able to get a clean strike on it like he did. And with Moses, you're right. They went away from the plan on about tackle three. They went too far right. Yeah. And normally a lot of players lose their head, but he stayed really calm. He goes, no, I need one more back here. I need one more back there. Regan Campbell-Gillard did what he needed to do and – and they got gave him a really good play of the ball. And so he did. He, he was really composed in the moment. Really good tip if you're watching Golden Point or watching a field goal. And Ray Hadley taught me this, is you don't watch the kick because from the side of the field, it's very hard to see whether they've kicked it. You watch the player who made the kick. But for this particular one, because the kick was so far out, I'm watching Nathan Cleary, but he's given me no clues, <laughs> right? But I know it's he hasn't given up on it. So usually they throw their hands away or... So then I immediately look the other way and I just follow Gutherson. And Gutherson, who may have been 20 metres out, he keeps running backwards and running backwards and running backwards. Until he's under the post. Until, <laughs> until, until, until he's under the black dot. And then I thought, okay. Yeah. And then I started watching him and he's got the shits. And that's how I knew, that's how I knew he'd kick yeah. the goal. But but to what you are saying, like the, the footage was magnific- magnificent when they did it on Moses, didn't they? Yeah. Because you mm. could see his body language was so positive. Like he was just calm, relaxed. He, he had his... He, he basically steered the play to where he wanted to be. He was in the perfect position, and he kicked it, and there was no doubt about did it. Did you? Did any of you notice what he was doing with his fingers when he kicked the field goal? No. Oh. <laughs> He's doing the mo- oh, oh, was he? Go and have a look at it. both his fingers. Counting both the his money. He's like it's counting the money. Oh, really? Like, show me the money, Jerry Maguire. Show Is that me right? the money. Yeah. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. I hadn't seen that. No. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted trying to see if. Uh, the number, yes, number eight, Waverley runs a place, you beauty. Great start to the parlay, I would have thought. Anyway, uh, it is Let It Ride. And just a reminder too that we have the Let It Ride prize pack coming up as well. The signed footy by the alumni here at uh, SEN. You've got the Signet Power Bank. You've got the Makita uh, merchandise pack as well. Now, what you need to do if you want to play Let It Ride and stay in the chair, Flemington race five, six, seven. 
Flemington 567, tip us a horse that you think will place. And, and Rose Hill race 678. So it's Flemington 567. We need a horse to place in each of those. And in Rose Hill 678. So you've got to hit us on the text board. 0457 736 736 is the way to do that. So there you go. Amur winning race two at Rose Hill. one three hundred oh one. excuse me, 1170 is the way to do that. Uh, yeah, Eels and the Panthers. Geez, they needed that, didn't they? That win breaks them. If if Panthers get the win over them again, which I, I was so certain going to Golden Point that it was just going to happen again. Yeah. Mm. Well, I was looking back on the grand final, the most destructive forward, particularly in the first half when the game was there to be won, was Moses Leota. Yep. Like he was mm. unbelievable. And Fisher Harris wasn't far behind him. They limited Moses Leota to 41 metres from five runs. And on the other hand, you had Campbell Gillard, you know, 24 hit-ups, 221 metres. Junior Barlow, 18 for 185. And right from the get-go, they they laid a platform for Parramatta. And that's why Moses, in the end, he was the, the man on the spot. But all of those guys did the job for him, early doors. Totally agree. Totally agree. Mm. And uh, Sean Lane to come back, which which will be a big in. Hopgood's going enormous. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Um, when Sean Lane comes back, Dylan Brown's game will go to another level. Like yeah, just, that helps. just both in defence and attack. He's they're s- such a good combination. No, no different to Luai and um, Kikau. Yeah, mm, you know, absolutely. He's missing, he's missing him. Missing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Tigers go down, boys. The Tigers go down to the Melbourne Storm. Munster comes back. I didn't get to see a heap of this game, but can I just say this? And, and I know that he cops a hammering Brooks. And I was thinking about this today. I have never been of the opinion that Luke Brooks is a halfback. And people say, oh, yeah, but he won the halfback of the year. You can win Dally M points wearing number seven, playing like a 5'8". Mm. I believe Luke Brooks is a 5'8", and may be a very good 5'8". I'll tell you this. Luke Brooks, for 10 years, being asked to perform with a number seven, I think it would be no different to a club saying, okay, Tom Dearden, you're at halfback. He, he's as much a halfback as Tom Dearden's halfback. What, what do you think, so, boys? So I thought he was most effective last night, as is in most games when he's running the football. Yes. And it was actually, it was a couple of good, really good he defensive need, stops by Jonah Pezzard on him yep. on several occasions. He needs another couple of seconds, room and time to think, yep. to run. At seven, he's too close to all the action. Yeah. He hasn't got time to think. So to give him a little bit more space, two passes wide, another two seconds... I think he'll do wonders for his game. Give him a chance. And and I have been – I'm working behind the scenes. I don't know if anyone's listening, but we, ha- we had Harry Grant, and it was such a success. It was it was a win-win in life. Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Life is about win-win. It's not about take-take. It's about win-win. If you can get something out of it the other person gets something out of it, it's a goer. We had that with Harry Grant where, you know, we had a bad team around Harry Grant. We started to win games we wouldn't have won which is great for the fans. It's great for the sponsors. And we've got a far better team now. But we've started the season, in my opinion, with a 5'8", Luke Brooks, and a centre, maybe a 5'8", being uh, Adam Dewey, which I believe Adam Dewey's a 85% Matty Burton type. That, that's his type of football. And he's a good, great player. Don't get me wrong. He's a terrific player. But we need a halfback. We've gone into this season without a halfback. This is a billion-dollar game, and we're without a halfback. So... Jerome Hughes comes back. Yeah, hello, Frank Panisi, general manager of football at uh, the Melbourne Storm. You know that deal we had a couple of years ago with Harry Grant? Oh, yeah, that worked well for both of us. 
Do you mind if we get Jonah, Jonah Pezzett for the rest of the year? Mm. Like it. And I said this prior to him exploding yesterday. Yeah. What do you think? It, it, the like the thing is, you do that, and if come Origin, they can always send him back again, yeah. can't mm. they? Oh, you know, oh. like if if all of a sudden. Jerome Hughes or Munster's out, then then mate, we'll have him back. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, hang on a minute, boys. Yeah, I'll just speak to Craig. What's that, Craig? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, no, Craig's fine with it. He's happy yep. to give you Jonah, but there's two things. If he something doesn't play us, if something yep. yeah, he doesn't play us. If yep. something was to happen to Munster and Hughes, we need to get him we, straight back. We keep the receipt. Absolutely. And, and by the way, we showed last year that we got a little bit of an appetite for David Norfoluma. He quite likes it here too. So how about uh, and you guys clearly <laughs> yep. don't. You've just dropped him. We'll take Nofaluma off your hands and we'll send Jonah up. How's that sound? You happy, Craig? Yeah, mate. Yep. Uh, yeah, Craig's happy. We'll, yep. He'll be up next week when Hughes is back. Do, do you also feel, too, that the Tigers have fired all their bullets and it's round four? So we've got Brandon Waken yeah. at six. We've got Adam Dwayne at fullback. Charlie Staines, I'm not convinced he's a winger. Um, Nofa's not even playing. Nah. Dane Laurie, number 14. Like, they've, they've shuffled all the deck chairs on the Titanic. Round five hasn't even come around. But what it says, it says, and, and I love all these guys as individuals. Yeah. But but we're in the business of calling it is. They're in the business of calling it is doing what they're doing. We've got it wrong. Yep. We have got it wrong. If we're doing this already, we've got it wrong. And people are quick to tell you they're right. But I hate to say it, the whole off season we yep. were saying it on the program with the run home with Joel and Fletch, and they just kept. Doubling down, doubling down. When you double down and wrong, mm. that can be very bad. No, we're yep. doubling down. Not Brooksy's not going. We're going to double down. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. This is crunch time, and crunch time uh, brought to you by the great team at uh, Zito Powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings. Uh, yes, great to have the company of Zito and uh, dig before you dig. Um, dot dot. You can't dig before you dig, can you? Uh, Doll before you dig. Uh, and Bunnings, of course. Uh, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Search before you dig online every single time. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy to have your say. Evans down there at the gong. G'day, Evan. Hey. How, How are you, there, you? I'm, I'm here, Ev. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, very good. It's funny, in the industry I work in, we call it pray before you dig. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I've worked out your industry. That's all we call it. You uh, get the plan from them and you think, yeah, yeah, and then there's nowhere where it says it's going to be and you hit it anyway. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> What's happening? You've got a real strong radio voice uh, there, Ev. What's happening down there, mate? Oh, do you think so, Joel? Yes. <laughs> Late nights? Yeah, I played the band for 35 years. That's where most of this voice comes from, that and cigarettes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I want a supermodel diet. And, and you're worried about where you're digging. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Ed? Yeah, got to do the spade work. Mate, I think um, Dylan Brown's on the way up, I think. His defence on Thursday night was just incredible. Yeah, he's a good young player. You know what? I, I, I wasn't in love with him like everyone was at the start, and they extended his contract, which I, I still don't love the long contracts, but... He's a fine young player, and by all reports, a fine young young man. Mm. Yeah, 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 that season he had two years ago, he really broke out. And then last year, he was a bit... I don't know if he was injured a bit last year. He, he had some back problems very early in his career, and they, they played the long game with him. But you talk about Sugar, the, the long contract. Like he... And, and people have been very critical of Joseph Suali and what the Roosters have done with the get-out clauses. Dylan Brown has signed a very long contract, but he's also got get-out clauses really? as part of that as well. So he's a guy that's been linked to a potential return to rugby. I, um, I didn't know he was rugby. Yeah, he's a rugby guy. He's obviously from New Zealand, came over in his teens. Um, so that's 
you know, a possibility down the track as well. So yeah, he has committed to Parramatta as has Mitchell Moses, but in Dylan's case, he can leave at certain times of his contract. Wow. Okay. That's uh, mm. that's interesting to know. Uh, good on you, Evan. Great to have your time, mate. Cheers, boys. See you later. Have a great weekend. Go Manly. Oh, good luck, Evan. <laughs> it's a massive game tonight. We're looking forward to that. Warrior Holick from New Zealand's on the line. G'day, uh, W. Holick. Good afternoon, Led. So um, on the Tigers, uh, I reckon I'm in a pretty good position to empathise with how that lot are doing at the moment. And bear with me for a minute. So mm. 2022, we've got the worst two records in the comp, right? They yep. finished bottom, we're, we're second to bottom. Mm. Um, we both bought five pretty good new players. So we've got Charles and Nicole Barnett, Walker, Nia Cordia and Metcalf. Yep. They get Staines, Corothel, Papali, Bateman. So you'd argue and both got new coaches. We sit fourth, they sit 15th. And three words come, come to it for me. Eh? Cohesion and team spirit. Yep. And that comes down to the coach. I mean, we've got a 5'8 playing halfback, haven't we? Yeah. Um, he he mm. could never be a seven. But we've come up with a game plan based around that. And I, you just look at the, the look in the Warriors' eyes when they're playing, mate. They're playing for each other. They're playing with more cohesion than we've seen in 10, 15 years. And the Tigers look like a bunch of guys are still trying to, you know, who's this guy next to me? There's no team spirit there. So I don't think it's Brooks, mate. It's just the whole team's not playing as one. Well, it's fair to say if you look at, Look at um, Warrior Holic. If you look at the the Dolphins team on paper, now they've got some big names there, of course, coming from Melbourne. But the Tigers arguably would have a, on par, yeah, on paper. Yep. And whatever's happening between their ears, the players is the big difference. Well, the start of the year, the bookmakers, uh, Warrior Holic, they set a total wins for the year. Now this is determined. It's like the share market. So. If there's enough supply and demand for um, overs or unders, it mm. pushes the market that way. Now, the Tigers were in the year for nine and a half wins. So, for me, if the market expects you to have nine and a half wins, well, then that's what they've got to do. Whereas the Dolphins, I think, were in for about six and a half wins. Mm. So, further what you're saying, Sats, is the marketplace felt, I know the draw plays some part of this, the marketplace felt that the Tigers were in for a far better season than the Dolphins. And, look, it may end up to be the case because – um, who's going to play halfback for the Dolphins with no Sean O'Sullivan? Like, is Isaiah Katoa a young halfback, or is well, he just sitting out in that six? He's a he's a six, but at nineteen years of age, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you just you just I'll make it work. You just yeah. play the game. Yeah, yeah. Will he be the seven? No, well, I can't see who else they're going to throw in. So it'll be him and Milf. You'd think so. Okay. Mm. Uh, what do you think about that, Warrior I think you look at the game plan of the Dolphins and the Warriors, mate. They're both very simple. It's based around the Fords, like playing very direct up the middle and then going wide once you've got the ball. But if, if the Tigers have got any brains, they watched out that St. George played in the first half last week and the Dolphins played yesterday. They've got more X factor than the Dolphins. They played the same game plan. They should win because the, the Broncos struggle with that. But can they do it? I'm really curious to see. But I hope they do. I'm an ex-Tigers fan before the Warriors came about. So good luck to them. It's a fascinating game because you've got the understudies of uh, Ivan Cleary, who had game 400, broken heart by Mitchell Moses, but you've got the attacking coach from last year, Andrew Webster, taking on the defensive coach, being Cameron Seraldo. Mm. It's a fascinating contest, yeah. boys. Big game. I so badly want the West Tigers to succeed. And success for me for the Tigers is getting to week one of the finals yeah. at the moment. I so, just I, I just love Tim. I love Tim Sheens and, and, um, and the club.
I just, I just want them to succeed. They just seem so far away from that. They yeah. do. Like they really are. Yeah. See, my my bar's a bit lower. Sats. Success for me is with two weeks to go. That we're not a mathematical chance where you're relying on other things. You're in the hunt. You're in the hunt. Yeah. Yep. That's you're in fair. the hunt. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I want. And and for too many years we've been out of the hunt. But remember how there was that whole thing about everyone was frustrated. They come ninth all the time. Mm. They're the house of your news now. Yeah. Mm. Like honestly, like they, they finished last year 16th and everyone's saying it couldn't get any worse. Well, it has. There's a 17th team and you're coming 17th. Yeah, that's yep. right. Uh, and people say, yeah, they joke around the ninth and now we're saying, yes, please. Yep. Um, let's talk about some news, AP. So the big topics are, and you can, it's like Jeopardy. You can take your pick wherever you want to go. <laughs> we can talk concussion. We can talk expansion. Or we can talk about people having to reapply for their own job. AKA let's, Anthony. Let's go the ladder. Okay. So I, I think that that's, I understand what the dragon's trying to do there and it's very noble, but it's also very naive because he's a dead man walking now. Like, and, and I understand they, they're saying, we don't want him reading in the press that we've gone behind his back and we're, we're interviewing other people. And that's happened in the past with what, you know, Nathan Brown found out when he, he yep. was at Newcastle that the club was looking in different directions, but how does he now plan for the future? What says he going to have over that roster going forward? And they've got 11 players that are off contract now, as we speak right now. So what inputs he going to have? Like he's going to have zero, isn't he? Because, and again, he's only part of the problem there. Like the, a lot of those guys, um, you know, Moses Mbai, Aaron Woods could be going to Manly straight away as part of a, a player swap. There's a lot of issues at that club and he's only part of it. But I, I just think this is death by a thousand cuts. If they've been with him for over two, two and a bit years now, and if they're not sure if he's the guy, then he's not the guy. So shake his hand, cut him a check and get on with it and, and, and find that next person. But I just think this is going to be a slow death for Anthony Griffin. Two perfect people to ask this question to. You being in the media, Adrian, haven't seen it all. And Sats, you being having been in the football department before. Can you, instead of positioning it the way they have, which is reapply for your job, well, that he's not going to get the job. We know that straight away. Can you just say... And I don't believe we've seen this before. I don't recall seeing it before. Can you just say, listen, we have decided for 2024, we're going in a different direction. However, we we want to back Anthony in for the rest of the year and give him the best opportunity. He signed by the end of, to the end of the deal. There's too many loose contracts in this competition. We're signed. We want to honour this contract and we want him to do as well as he can with what he's got at the moment. He's not the total problem, as you've all mentioned. But he has the job for every single round in 2023. And in 2024, we'll be starting the season with a new coach. Can you do that or not? Absolutely, you can. doesn't happen too often because it de- depends on the personality you're dealing with as well. Now, Anthony Griffin is a fine human being and a very good rugby league coach. Yep. Is the question that he's probably coaching in an era that where the, the athlete is probably a little bit more... Um, uh, the subtle approach is probably probably more so needed, especially at a club that hasn't had a lot of success of late. Yep. He's the sort of guy you could sit down with and say, you know what, exactly what you just said, Sugar, we're just going to go in a different direction. But the fortunate part for the Dragons, they've got a guy in Anthony Griffin, and there's, he'd be in, I think he's in the top three or four people in the country in rugby league who know junior talent. Really? Knows, knows, identifies junior talent, knows how to work with junior talent. If I'm the Dragons, I'm saying – you know what, but it's not a done deal for you in relation to... There's an option here for there's you. There's an option here for you because we feel as though moving forward, the club could really utilise you in our pathways because he is really good. And it's not a 
backhanded compliment. It's we generally believe that's where your future lies in the that. game. I love that. So why don't we see that? Okay, Anthony, you're not for us to coach next year and you may get to the finals, you may get to a prelim, you may get to a grand final if all things just re- remarkably came together. But but why, so many clubs, I'd love for somebody to actually break down the numbers when they pay out a coach and then they put a Band-Aid on with another coach who they're also paying and did that dramatically change the year? Mm. And And quite often it doesn't. The substitute teacher turns up and all of a sudden... They're all taking the double five. Back the man in and show him the respect that, look, you're not going to get it next year because reapplying, we know you're not going to get it next year. But you have the opportunity to show to the rest of the rugby league world that you're still in a position to be coaching. Well, well, when you look at his assistants, they're Ben Wolf and Ryan Carr. So they're not first grade ready. So, so if, if it all goes pear-shaped in the next couple of weeks, there is not someone within those walls that can take over the job, no. first and foremost. I also think that it's weak that management haven't actually come out and explained the situation. Like this is, you know, we had a situation a couple of days ago where they had to do media and they put up Blake Laurie, Jacob Little, Zane Musgrove and Toby Couchman. I think it's unfair that they have to try to, you know, all the, yeah. all the questions was about that. Anthony Griffin had to do a, a media conference today and basically said, that's the board. You should be talking to them. We haven't heard from them. And you know, they're background, backgrounding people and saying, you know, this this is the right thing to do. You know, we want to be honest and transparent. Well, it wasn't Anthony Griffin that leaked the story out. He hasn't been ringing journos and saying, by the way, I'm, I'm probably going to be speared because I have to reapply for my job. That's obviously come from either management or the board. So I just think well, if that's the decision that you think is the right one, we'll come out and explain it. The only way you reapply for your job if you're currently in the job is to get results. So you don't actually officially reapply for the job in rugby league. It's if you get us to the finals. That's your application. That's your application. Yeah. So, you know, we've got 081 here quickly on the text line saying, G'day, fellas, what about Des to the Dragons? That's oh, Cowboy Kev. I think it's common knowledge that they want Riles or Young, don't they? Well, the, the issue is that Riles is contracted to the Roosters until 2024, right? So, and the Roosters aren't, they don't want another Adam O'Brien situation where that was quite disruptive in, when they were in a premiership window. And I think Jason Riles is the sort of guy that, if they wanted him to stay, he wouldn't be agitating. That's mm. that's not him. The other thing is, if you're Jason Riles, you're also going to get interest from the Melbourne Storm. And I dare say that that's, you're probably walking into a better situation there as a rookie coach than what's happening down there at St. George Illawarra. You know, it's hard. If Rollsy, look, I don't think Robbo would stop Jason Riles from getting a first-grade position. I, I don't believe so. But... You know, like, do you want someone in behind enemy lines? In other words, if Rosie said, listen, hypothetically, if they gave the job to him early, and I believe he would be the number one target. Yeah. Uh, Trent, look, to be honest with you, I've got the job at the Dragons. If, if you know, what do you think? Is it tenable for him to stay there at the Roosters? I, again, I think it depends on the personality of the human. And I think Trent Robinson would have no concerns about Jason Riles, um, you know, putting a... I'm not talking about poaching players and that sort of no, thing. No, I'm just I, talking about IP and... Well, he and, knows it already. Yeah. Yeah, whether he went tomorrow, whether he but went it next year, he knows how you give him an arm, arm around it, mate. I'm so proud of you. you got a job at the Dragons, but for right now, we're on a mission together. Let's go. Personality it, of Jason it, Riles, let's go. It depends on for how long for, though, because look at Cameron Serraldo. I mean, they want a cop knowing that he was going to leave the, uh, the yeah, club. Yep. So, so it can be done. Yep. But, but again, the, the big question is, 
do you want another dragons person, so to speak? Like, you know, the other people they're talking about are Dean Young and Ben Hornby, but the dragons seem to have this fixation with going for people who have been at the club before. As do Manly. And it hasn't always worked out. Yep, mm. that's right. And Manly, that only works with Manly. Well, you've actually, it's a low base as far as most of your coaches have been from Manly. Yep. So it's hard for anyone else to really get in there. Seabold doing a good job to this point. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say here on Crunch Time. We do appreciate the sport, of course. Uh, Bunnings getting behind a Zito. And, uh, of course, dial before you dig a break. And back with more. It's time to say hey to the social bet with Dabble. Tommy Poppins has joined us for a banter and a bet. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tommy, how are you this morning? It's Jaleesa here. You've joined us for a banter and a bet. How are you going? I'm so good, Jaleesa. How are you, mate? I'm good. Now, what's going on in the world of Dabble? Jaleesa, look, we've always got loads going on, haven't we? And this week we've had Tigers legend Robbie Farrer. Uh, who was on the Oldland Tech stream this Thursday. And look, you can check out Robbie putting me and Heath Shaw down pretty hard in a tackling clinic uh, on our socials as well. Oh, gee, how did that go? It was sore. It was a sore experience. Yeah, something I wish I probably never did. Um, already racking up some doctor's bills. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle. And this week, Jaleesa, we've got a question for you for the uh, banter question. Loads is being talked about. Loads is being talked about with Griffin. Um, He's been told that he's going to have to reapply for his job with the Dragons for 2024 season. Will he stay or will he go? What do you think? Oh, I think they already made their mind up last year and if they were going to get rid of him, they should have done it last year. The idea that you would then have to reapply for the job that you already have. I mean, yes, he's got a contract left till the end of this year, but I mean, they, 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 the writing was on the wall last year. They should have, um, they should have been strong and stuck to a decision that I think they'd already made. And now that they haven't and have kept him on, I think of course he should keep his job. And it's not very, very fair on the players, is it, Tommy? If you're talking about this in round four, and they want him to stay, so I think that the Tigers have sort of painted themselves into the corner where they should should have him stay on. Look, I, I Sorry, you know, the I think... the Tigers. The Dragons, I'll tell you what, the Tigers might need a new coach as well, so we'll see on that one. Um, yeah, look, look, it's a results game. You know, it's a results game. People want their team to be winners. And look, I know it might be a little bit harsh, but we can't just keep the guy in just because we said he think, we think he's going to be okay. He's got to get some big results. He might still be there next season, but we'll see, mate. We'll see. Um... Look, we've got a couple of same-game multis this weekend. Um, we've both put together one for the Rabbitohs and the Sea Eagles, uh, which is the big game tonight. Um, I've gone for the South to win. I've gone for Alex mm-hmm. Johnson to get two tries in the game. Um, and I've got the South to win in both, both halves. I just think that the, the South are going to start really quick and that they're going to really um, hold momentum throughout. What have you gone for, Delisa? Okay, well, on the Crunch Time NRL account, I've gone South match winner normal time, Ben Travojevic to score any time. And that's not the Travojevic you probably would have picked, but I'm going backing <laughs> the next generation of Travojevic. And I've gone over 34.5 match total points. 
You know what I like about my bet and I don't like about your bet? Yours is too safe. You're not having fun. I'm always having fun, Jalisa. I'm always having fun. You look around my apartment. Alex Johnson just scored. Like, come on, come on. I like to have a little fun with the bet. Look, you might be trying to have fun. I'm trying to win. Um, Guys, thanks so much. Uh, And don't forget, you can download the Dabble app. You can copy these bets on the Crunch Time account. And hopefully we'll see everyone in the Banter channels during uh, this week's streams. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy. See trending bets from profiles like Robbie Farah, Spud Carroll, Chris Walker, and plenty of others. Get following Crunch Time and have a dabble. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Callum's here. G'day, Callum. Hey, mate. How you doing? Callum, we're going great, and uh, Sats has been waxing lyrically about game day squad. Well, I just let loose this week. <laughs> I just... Uh... Yeah? You text me with your son. Yep, and you open up the pack of cards. It was quite fun. We're watching the cards, and, and meanwhile, uh, a lizard almost committed suicide at the time. We were trying to get the lizard out of the uh, out of the box. We got it out. We weren't paying attention. <laughs> Bang, it comes off the thing. We caught it. But what we did catch as well was a couple of Nathan Clearys in the pack oh. and, a, and a Tommy Turbo. Yeah, oh, wow. That. Yeah. That's beginner's life. That's what you want. Hey, K- Callum, what? They're both been playing well. What actually? Oh, I was say they're both players you want at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, very good. What What actually is the player or two or three that we actually want? So when we sign up to game day squad, and as I said, Sats and I, oh, uh, Sats and I are very much into game day squad. Which players would you say are the ones to have? Nathan Cleary. I know he's had a rough start to the year, but he is still the man that everyone wants. And yep. I think people are starting to come around on Tommy Turbo now. So obviously missed a lot of last year. But people forget back in 2021, he was the standout fantasy player. So, yeah, his first couple of weeks back, he's quickly showing people that, yeah, he's the guy you want as well. Can I ask, a card, if you get Joseph Suali, is that worth <laughs> more now, yeah. given that he is Good obviously question. he's committed to the NRL for, uh. for this season and next, and there's big talk that he could be going over to Rugby Union. He could potentially come back in a few years' time. Yeah. Is he more valuable now that potentially he is leaving the game? <laughs> so that's a great question. People are seeing it a couple of different ways. So some people are going, well, this card's not going to have a value in a couple of years, so his price has dropped. But other people are saying that, hey, potentially if he comes back maybe in five, six years, then there's going to be all these cards you get on the cheap. Because in that scenario, we've still got the player ID in our system. So if he comes back, it's going to be those same player cards that are still going to be available in the game. So we're not going to produce any more. So if you're holding out hope that he'll come back maybe when he's a bit older, then maybe you see the value in it. But that's, I guess that's what we love about our transfer market. You know, you could be on one side of the camp, but you'd be on the other, and, it, yeah, it's going to impact how you want to build your squad. Now, Callum, the um, the colours of the cards are really important. Your silver, your bronze, but your legendary status, which is only one card per player when they're, when they're at legendary status. Now, on the on the open market at the moment, when people are trading cards and um, and putting a price on them, is James Tedesco still the highest-priced Legends card at the moment? Yeah, so he got sold this week. So I think the final price was just over $5,000. Oh. So that's by far our, our, our biggest sale. Um, yeah, someone out there really, really loves James Tedesco. We were wondering if it was him at one point uh, buying his own <laughs> card. But no, that's, not, that's not confirmed. Um, but yeah, so there are that. But of course, that's, you, know, that's not, you don't need to be spending that sort of money to be playing our game. So we have uh, that option for people who want to go out and spend and buy the legend cards and things like that. But there's obviously silvers and bronze, which are all quite affordable and some of them free as well. So. Oh, I like that. Uh, so James Sadesco, I'm hoping that uh, the Nathan Cleary cards one day 
yourself for that amount as well. Good on you, Callum. Great to have an update here for Game Day Squad. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. Uh, there he is, uh, Callum Stone. Time for our weekly fantasy spot with the team from Game Day Squad. That's exactly what we did. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Um, so there you go there. We had a lot of fun with that, didn't we? Uh, we are having a lot of fun with that, aren't we, Sat? Supercars mm. update for Fuso Canners. Fuso Canners are in stock now. Job done. Now, big news during the week with Chevrolet announcing production of its Camaro will cease in 2024. How long has the Camaro been going around? A while, I would have thought, uh, throwing a cloud over its participation in supercars beyond the end of the year. We know that Holden are out of the supercars. Uh, parent company General Motors and V8 Supercars confirmed their partnership would continue until at least the end of 2025. 15 of the 24 cars on the grid are currently Camaros. There you go. What's happening with with car racing and everything going electric? How does that change the whole game? Yeah. Not well, so yet. They're, they're into hybrids now in supercars. Are they? With these new Gen 3s. Um, which there's been controversy about, and it's all starting to move that way. The F1s are a hybrid car now. The F1s is, are yeah, a hybrid. Yeah, yeah, they're a hybrid. They have been for almost so a what's, decade So what's now. the hill at Bathurst going to look like now? Is it going to be like a group of like millennials <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking coffee? Yeah. The green the smoothies Bathurst? on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward right. to that. That's right. That's right. Keep the text coming through too, by the way, 0457. 736, 736 is the way to do that. Round two of the season gets underway next weekend in Melbourne and you'll be able to hear our coverage on Sunday across the SEM network. That is our Supercars update. Can't wait for your canter. Well, you don't have to. In stock now, see a Fuso dealer today. The horse, but it keeps finding injury and illness. And we thought, okay, it's finally done. And without reading the email, I probably shouldn't be reading this online, but it doesn't matter. King, <laughs> King, okay, King's Trust. He says, uh, g'day, team. He's talking about the horse and he goes, um, it appears the horse is in excellent condition and showing no signs of lameness. And there's about two or three more paragraphs. And without reading any further, I think this horse is coming back more than Johnny Farnham. I've got a sense there's going to be a vote here somewhere as to whether to bring it back. It's retired 16 times. Is it it like Rab's warrant? Is it just a hypochondriac? It is. That's what it is. King's Trust is the Rab's warrant of racing. 100%. Uh, Gee whiz. Uh, anyway, good luck. Kings, great. We've had a lot of fun with it. That's the main thing. one three hundred oh one eleven seven. Let's build up to Saturday afternoon football. And uh, it is the Cowboys taking on the Titans, boys. Are the Titans, they are two from three. Is there a little bit of fool's gold? If you go through many of their metrics, they're sitting way down the below. They beat the Tigers and they beat the Storm last week. Hmm. Where are they at? I think we're about to find out. Because if they if they beat North Queensland, and again there's a bit of a question mark over there, early season performance, massively. But, but you know if if they beat them, all of a sudden you know they're a, they're a team on the improve, and you know the narrative leading up to this season, obviously along with Anthony Griffin, has been Justin Holbrook and his position. Um, but you know it's it's been a pretty fair start to the year for him. Brett White's been amazing for Justin Holbrook. Bro, Justin Holbrook's got this real inclusive style of coaching. Yep. loves the players, loves the players to be happy. And some, you know, some may question, oh, is he going to be tough enough on the players? Brett White, coming out from Canberra, has been that little devil that sits on his shoulder when a uh, player, cop- yeah, when the player needs to to cop a roasting or whatever it may be, Brett White's the man. So he's been the yin and the yang, both he and in Brett White. Uh, no Sam Verrills for extended That's period huge. of time. That's a yeah. massive out. Chad Randall comes yeah. in, not Chad Randall. Um, Chris Randall comes yep. into hooker. Yep. I, yeah, I think the good teams don't panic. 
in the first five or six rounds, i.e. the Cowboys, you don't panic. No. The teams that aren't used to winning get excited in the first six rounds. Yes, that's we're, right. We're going great. We've had three from five. We're flying. We're the really good teams. The Brisbane Broncos, Wayne Bennett coach sides, for a lot of years when Alfie and Kevy and Pearl and Gordy and all those were there, it didn't bother them where they were, where they were about round five. If they'd won one from four, they knew they were going to come home hard. Yep. And they're going to come home with momentum. I think the Cowboys are in that space now. Mm. Well, it's okay. a bit like Trent Robinson's coach teams, aren't they? Like they have inevitably started fairly slow and they build into their season. He doesn't cook them too early um, and they get better the longer it goes on. Yep. Even in their premiership years, like even when you had like Cooper Cronk and Luke Keery, that took a long time to develop. And you mentioned having Sam Verrills there. I, I think he's a tremendous player, a great pickup. And it's just a shame we haven't seen the best of him because when he was coming up through the grades, people were talking about him oh, being one of the premier yeah. rising stars. Uh, another rising star, Highland Lukey boys mm. for the Cowboys. He could be a late starter in the back row after returning from injury last week. Cohen Hess named for now. Uh, the Titans, no change expected. Good win over the Storm, but a high scoring. Not, not often you can let a team score 34 and win the match. Uh, but that was the case there. As far as a ground report for Toro, count on Toro to get the job done. Temperatures set to reach 31 degrees in Townsville at kickoff on another hot day in North Queensland. Now, their last... What have they played, the Cowboys? They've played their three games included. Round one, they snuck home to the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Last week, they got beat by the Warriors, both those at home. Round two was a loss to the Broncos. At at Suncorp. At Suncorp. So so their last game and a half, because they've 18 points to nil against the Raiders. Uh, Anyway, um, we'll get on to that game. South Sydney. will suit, though, won't they? Well, they should. They should. South Sydney and the and the, uh, the Manly side, you're going out there, Sats. I am. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, families come down for the game. And uh, South Sydney have been outstanding. And um, the three grandsons here as well. And, and my daughter is um, – so the four grandkids. Yep. Uh, one's in Canada who can't can't be home. And um, they're uh, – we're going out on the, onto the oval before the game, before they do the moment silence. The 13th minute, they're doing a – a clap. Oh, yeah. are they? Mm. Oh, good on them. That's awesome. You know, I would love to see this. I would just love to see Cameron Murray with a half bunny slide over and then just point oh. at the back of his jumper. <laughs> that that would make the night, I reckon. <laughs> Look, obviously today we, we've been celebrating John Sattler and, and so many of those stories on the field. In terms of off the field, Sattler, obviously you've spent a lot of time in pubs. Mm. Um, you know, that's... You know, I'd imagine that there'd be some good stories to come from that and also that no one would have uh, taken on the uh, the old man too often. Can't wait for no, it. That's the bunnies yeah. take on Manly tonight. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yes, uh, Scotty Sattler here till 3 o'clock. Uh, Adrian Brzezenko will leave us shortly, but he's teasing with the fact that he may be a chance to come back. Dougie Bollinger is going to join us after the news, so we look forward to that as well. AP, if we don't see you, we hope we do, but um, what's on tomorrow in the City Morning Herald? Uh, one of the stories I've, I've done is on Paul Alamotti, uh, like great young player, excellent young talent. He's had to overcome some obstacles and some heartbreak and tragedy to, to get to where he is. I've written about that um, in the Sun Herald tomorrow. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice. There he is, Adrian Prasenko, who is a staple of our program. We appreciate him. Doug Bollinger about to join us, Scotty Sattler, for another hour. This is Crunch Time. We're breaking back with more.